Welcome to the Minimalist CEO Podcast with Nate Lindquist. Nate created the Minimalist CEO Method to help business owners redefine and grow their businesses by finding new demand in places they never thought to look where there's no competition. By following his opposite thinking strategy, Nate's coaching clients have grown their business up to 40% in just two months and created tens of millions of dollars in revenue. Nate himself has launched more than 140 businesses. On the show, Nate interviews successful business owners and experts who share the secrets you can use to have a better business and a better life. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Nate Lindquist with another episode of the Minimal CEO Podcast. And I'm here with our special guest. This guy actually is, uh, he'll tell you, he's a pretty laid back dude. He'll tell you what he likes to do in life, but somehow it always ends up with, oh, and I have some coffee with me at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't, anyway, welcome uh, the owner. I'm going to say it right here. Viator Cafe. Is that yeah, right? That's right. Yep. Viator Cafe, Austin Massey. Welcome to the Minimal CEO Podcast, Austin. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. So opening a cafe in the middle of a pandemic and we just dated the show, but that's okay. I guess podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I would love it if you could just share and you know, get a little bit of a little bit of an interesting history that found you in opening up a cafe. So if you could just share a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Nate said, my name is Austin Massey. I uh, married three kids, one of uh, three partners in Viator Coffee Company. You know, part of my role here at least is, you know, store manager for our, our downtown Elgin location. A lot of that is related in, in being like kind of director of our food and beverage program here uh, within the company. So all of our menu development, coordinating with all of the marketing team on menus and, and training our teams in our cafe to execute all of these operations and all of our menu. In many ways, I'm also the one that's responsible for just setting the tone for any and all touch points with our customers from, you know, whether it's just employee engagements and, and customer service and, and that whole philosophy and mantra behind what we're doing and how we're doing it. Also, just like the overall feeling you get when you're in any of our cafes, you know, our product and service lines and, and just implementing you know, some, some quality control benchmarks to kind of help maintain that guest experience, you know, every single time. So also, you know, I'd say a lot of the branding and design of our cafes and future cafes, as well as just uh, our brand identity as a whole. You know, I also find myself working behind bar a lot too, you know, so I'm, I never want to lose touch of, you know, what drew me to coffee in the first place and losing touch with like the team that I'm leading and not being able to, to relate to what's going on in the cafe and customers and, and community that we're serving and just the coffee that, that we all love. You know, the reason why we're in this business is, is ultimately, you know, just loving the product that we're serving and just the heartbeat of our operation. So, yeah. So, you know, it's funny when I talk to almost anyone at some point there, they had this sort of romantic vision of, having a cafe, <laughs> really neat logos and attractive bulletin boards with business cards on them and maybe some something from you know, Ecuadorian or Colombian or Mexican. <laughs> There's this romantic idea of they make coffee, but what you mm -hmm. described was like half percent making coffee and like 99.5% all this other stuff that, mm -hmm. I don't know, it sounds like chapters, maybe chapters out of like a the next 
I don't want to say the next Starbucks, but the idea of like, you have a vision that's bigger than just coffee, mm-hmm. and the, the energy, the culture, the brand, everything around it is so much bigger than that. Before we started this, I'm going to share what we, what I talked about is the idea that, Hey, I, you know, people say, Hey, I want to learn piano. I want to learn to play piano. And then, so you actually, when you talk with someone inside the world of cafe or playing piano, it's like, you don't want to do the practice. You don't want to do the work. You don't want, Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to have a cafe. Do you want to make menus? Do you want to worry about hiring? Do you want to have client customer experience touch points? So Austin, as you describe all that, you have the training, you have the, now you're real quick, you're located in, in the suburbs of Chicago, not too far mm-hmm. from where I am in downtown Elgin, Illinois. That's where your cafe is. Correct. Yeah. So I would love it if you could just maybe kind of shine a light on how you ended up in the world of a cafe and was it like, I really like coffee? Or did you have a vision that came in from another place? It actually started in a similar way that you were just describing, but it was based in like the actual experience of working in a cafe and, you know, it kind of growing from there. You know, you were mentioning just a lot of people having this romantic idea of like, oh, it could be cool to like work in a, in a coffee shop or something like that. But, you know, the first aspect of that is actually working in a coffee shop and seeing what that whole industry is like and and serving customers that maybe having a bad day or something and how you're talking to them and relating to them and and still serving them despite, you know, how they may be treating you, which is is a hard lesson to learn for sure. You know, long story short, I got my start at least in the in the food service industry at 15 working at a little pizza place in my hometown and uh at 19, after, you know, working in a couple of restaurants and stuff, like still not a ton of direction of what I wanted to do. Got a job at Starbucks, as I'm sure many people that might be listening, you know, maybe they started working at Starbucks and then, you know, kind of grew from there. But, you know, I quickly recognized the, just the depth of community and, and relationships that were created and founded on coffee and how, you know, coffee is just used as a catalyst for life and, and connections in life to just effortlessly occur. You know, how just how coffee has this ability to kind of just innately like bring people together. Uh, there's so much life that happens over coffee, whether it's, you know, a first date or it's a late night study session with, you know, for college or you're in high school or, you know, you're doing team business meetings or whatever, you know, like there's so much that occurs and around coffee, but so little thought is put into the coffee that you may be serving or drinking. So, you know, I'd say, yeah, I just, I'd say I I also, I'm also one to naturally just kind of look for ways to serve others uh, in different ways and express a more just caring and and loving side of my personality, just through hospitality and how that can positively affect someone's day for the better. Similar in that situation, where you're serving a guest that may be having a, a bad day and they're coming in and they're lashing out at you. <laughs> like, how can you change that, that situation for the better? So that's just something I, I love to do and look to do. You know, just coffee makes it easy. You know, as cliche as it might sound too, I just kind of fell in love with the art and the craft and the science behind coffee and, you know, the roasting and the preparation of it and all the different brew methods and the flavors that you can, you can create in, in a good cup of coffee. So, you know, I thought this is kind of what I want to pursue in life and a career in the coffee industry and kind of creating my own space for those life, life connections to occur and 
and putting my own stamp on it and make my own, have my own say in, in what that community or that culture would look like. You know, that, that led to getting a degree in, in hospitality management through a, a school here uh, in Palatine, continuing to, you know, work in, in coffee and, and restaurants and stuff like that. I, you know, finished a very extensive business plan and put so much, you know, heart and soul and, and blood, sweat and tears into this, this business plan and, you know, met with a couple teams of investors and different things and ended up, you know, not really uh, panning out the way I thought it would, but I had already done all of the legwork and the, the forethought necessary to see this thing through. It's more just, how do I make this thing come to life? So I partnered up with a buddy of mine and we kind of self-funded this, this catering operation. You know, we recognized a, a missed opportunity in, you know, in catering and events and, and weddings and stuff like that to kind of up the experience of coffee for people. So we started like a mobile espresso bar company, you know, back in 2018. So we were serving, you know, like large corporate events and, you know, annual team meetings and, and weddings. And you started bringing a mobile espresso experience yeah. to those events. Yeah. And then you started, you had the espresso first, but and then did you introduce food into that experience as well? Very seldomly, you know, we would, you know, partner with a local baker or something like that and provide, you know, baked goods for an event if our client needed it, but it wasn't necessarily like the, our first thought, you know, for sure it was more provide, like just elevating the coffee experience for guests at an event where, you know, normally it would just be like a, a percolator that had been sitting there for five hours and hadn't been touched, you know, and no one, <laughs> no one really dares to try that coffee because it's just been sitting there forever. And, you know, you have to kind of suffer through it. <laughs> but, you know, we wanted to provide that, that coffee shop experience that so many people love at an event wherever you are, you know, and uh, it's a very captive audience right there. You know, it's 150, 200 people that they have nowhere else to go, but, you know, right at your, your coffee bar. So it's, it was kind of a, a fun niche, a fun way into the industry and loved every second of it. So yeah, it's still, still going and still growing. So when you say catering, you're primarily talking about this elevated espresso, mobile espresso and coffee experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's how we got our start, you know, logging a a thousand pound, seven foot long espresso bar, you know, with, with plumbing and electrical and a fridge and, you know, all the things to be, you know, mobile coffee shop essentially. So yeah, it was it was a blast. And, uh, you know, and then of course we get dealt the hand of, uh, 2020 and, uh, you know, all of our, our events that we had booked rather, you know, canceling or rescheduling to a later date, you know, when everything kind of the dust settles a little bit, or, you know, we had some big connections with some, some bigger companies and like convention centers and stuff like that. So all of those, you know, regular occurring events that we had worked really hard to develop are now drying up, you know, and it's like, well, now what, you know, cause so how do you, if we can't do events, you're dealing with this momentum that you have and having a mobile espresso, espresso bar, this elevated coffee experience. And now all of a sudden your staple monthly revenue is dropping, you're losing customers and so I, I would imagine there's an emotional toll that that takes on you with all the energy and the commitment to provide yeah. family and for your employees. How did you navigate the emotional piece and get past that? And then also, and I, I want to just, I'm going to go back to the idea of just the mobile espresso experience. Anyways, I'll go back to mm -hmm. that in a minute. 
just this elevated, very unique way to create that, what I would call, we refer to as predictable demand to say like, hey, we're going to do something nobody else is doing that has mm-hmm. higher value, higher price, higher profit. And mm-hmm. so we'll go back to that. But real quickly, the emotional toll and overcoming the emotional toll and still continuing to grow your business in the middle of the pandemic. How did you do that? What was that? <laughs> like it was, I mean, you said it really exactly spot on. Like it was definitely a very emotional situation. You know, like I mentioned, I have three kids, a two and a half year old, and then my wife and I just had twins in April. So that's like a month after like the world kind of imploded, you know? So it's like, now what? You know, like I have two newborns, I'm not sleeping, you know, my catering business is drying up and, you know, now what? So I think it takes those situations like that to like think on your feet and kind of like whatever it takes, you know, do what you got to do to stay afloat. And if you got to pivot, you got to pivot. And for us, it was, it's kind of a unique situation. Like we didn't really have this opportunity before COVID, but you know, there was this like glimmer of hope, you know, at the light at the end of the tunnel in a sense of like, we get this phone call from a building owner in, in downtown Elgin who owns a food hall style operation where there's a bunch of different vendors all operating under the same roof. And there was a coffee shop that was here that, you know, decided to, to close up and kind of put their focus in other businesses that they had. And so there, this vacancy opened up and we, you know, got the opportunity to kind of fill that and step in and, you know, ultimately feel like fill that, that part of my own heart that wanted to, you know, do this coffee shop and create this ongoing culture of people who love coffee and, and love other people, you know, and serve other people really well. But, you know, it was just this kind of thing that just dropped out of nowhere. I was like, all right, I think this is the best option for us at the moment. So, you know, we just kind of pivoted towards that. So, yeah, I want to ask you a question about that. So I, I think in, in my business as a consultant and a growth strategist, I talk to business owners all the time and they're like, you know, I've got this challenge. I've got that challenge. I'm not getting enough customers. I know a certain product line is sold out. So like, mm-hmm. it's like a high value problem in the pool industry. It's like, I can't get new pools right now. What do I do? Mm-hmm. What I've noticed is there's a choice in that moment where you either keep moving forward, mm-hmm. keep moving forward. It's like, wow, nothing is working, but you keep moving forward. You just said, this opportunity just fell in my lap, but I think your lap had to be in the right place and it had to be moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Were there times where you're like, we could be in real trouble here? Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course I'm like, I'm looking for, I'm not just like sitting around and like throwing in the towel, you know, I'm still looking for every opportunity to, to get in front of people or, or whatever. And the business, this building owner, I had done a catering event months before this, you know, everything kind of happened we did a a catering event together, you know, he just kind of had my info from there and saw, you know, the, the quality that we brought to catering events and was like, you know, this guy could be a good fit. So that's, it was kind of staying on our toes and, you know, being able and willing to, like I said, just pivot in a new direction if that's what we needed to do. So, so I noticed in business, there's a a time where you have to just stop and commit to working on something and finish Mm -hmm. it. So in the middle of that first feeling, um, did you have any panic? Like, okay, I've got to find something that works. 
and kind of that first few hours, maybe even the first few days where you're like freaking out? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was right there with you for sure. So how did you, how were you able to stop and work on a project and keep going, open up a cafe when the clothes sign keeps having to go up and the face mask signs keep having to go up? How were you able to focus and keep the quality, keep the work going, keep lines of communication open? And in the face of that, I think probably in, in panic, I think there's a tendency to look at every option instead of picking one option. Mm-hmm. In an effort to do something right, you try to do everything poorly instead of picking one thing. So I'm kind of curious, how did you work through that and find your thing and then block distraction? Totally. I mean, like the pandemic kind of made it easy for me in the sense that I didn't have like, you know, more catering stuff coming in. I, I had my plate kind of forcibly cleared for me. So my workload was, was a little... No clients to go serve today. That's yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I got eight hours or 10 hours of undevoted, like undistracted time that I can just kind of focus on what's next. And then this opportunity opens up and I'm like full steam ahead. You know, I got the business plan already done. There's a lot of like forethought that had already been put in from years of, you know, wanting to see this thing come to life that it just took the opportunity to open up. And then I was able to just kind of run with it, execute it, scale things up how they needed to be, and then go from there. But yeah, it definitely took a lot of just a lot of time and energy and sleepless nights and and all of that for sure. But yeah, mm. it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely challenging. And so I want to go back to something you, you talked about earlier, this mobile experience. And okay, we have something in the minimal CEO method that I talk about. It's called predictable demand or predictable mm-hmm. demand. That's like marketing doesn't create demand. Marketing might wake it up. It might activate it. But what I found is working with clients, you can go out and just think through we have something called the seven gold mines. So we can think through potential affiliate partners or the deeper needs that, you know, there's all these questions we ask, best of both worlds. What can I give someone with it? It solves the best of both worlds question or another example, bundled services. So, you know, maybe it's not how much is coffee over at Viator versus the other one. Let's see where I'm going to go based on price. There's always that competitive thing. So what we do is we help clients stop competing. And one of the ways to do that is to create, to add to remove or to enhance something. So it's no longer, hey, that's just another cafe or that's just another attorney or that's just another construction or carpenter. Now you created this mobile experience, this mobile elevated experience. What did you have to make a decision to not do in a cafe to make sure it weren't just like everyone else? Like how did you, you had to do something that you could say, no, we're, that we're different. What did you cut away? And then I would add, what did you, I, let's go the add, the remove, and the enhance. Could you find one thing that you added that made you say like that, aha, like, whoa, I, I think this could be really valuable. And people might see this as unique, catering in the cafe. Yeah. So let's start with that. What did you have to add? To be successful at, in the coffee shop? Well, you made a product here. I mean, you've yeah, made a product yeah. you an experience Mm-hmm. all the way around in Viator. Mm-hmm. So what did you add that, so people are like, this is different. Go down, to, go see Austin over at, at Viator. Yeah, I think what's different, I think about us versus, I mean, there are still other coffee shops in our area. You know, I have good relationships with many of the owners and I feel like what we're doing maybe a little differently is like our emphasis, just the coffee and the quality of the drinks that we're providing versus like 
it's not just an add-on to a sandwich or, you know, a baked good or something like that. It's more like our focus is on the coffee and then adding on pastries and food and stuff like that is more of the secondary, but, you know, still being able to, you know, innovate and bring a, a level of quality that isn't really being done in our area for coffee and bringing in, like you said earlier, like bringing in those Colombian coffees and those, uh, you know, Ethiopian coffees and stuff like that and, and providing an experience that maybe we weren't able to do with a catering outfit. So it's like, you know, I can't have this five minute conversation about, you know, my, my pour over method or the coffee that I'm serving with a guest at a wedding. They're like, I'm going to go sit at my table and, you know, talk with all of the other guests at this wedding. It's like, you know, so it's like, uh, we were serving different clientele, I think with catering and, and the coffee shop, but everyone still deserving the highest quality coffee possible. So. So do you teach um, your employees as well to, to engage in conversation and to connect? Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I went down to the cafe and uh, one of your employees loves watches. Mm-hmm. And he said, <laughs> can I look at your watch? Now I love watches. And I think it might've been obvious. I don't like to spend a lot. I have, but it was like, because it helped a client, but mm-hmm. I love watches. And he, he started a conversation and it was very engaging. And then he started talking about how he made the coffee. And I, to me, the feeling that I got is very much the emphasis on coffee making conversation, not just what's mm-hmm. in the news, not just gossip, but there seems to be a like, here's what your options are. Here's how we make it. So that is, mm-hmm. that for, at least for me in this area, that was pretty unique. Cause I mean, I got a Dunkin' Donuts on both ends of the street and then there's the McDonald's coffee option, which you can get. And there's like the certain days where it's free. And then mm-hmm. there's the Starbucks just on the other side of the highway. And then there's a couple of places that are like themed where you can go in and they talk about, you know, movies or they might talk about TV show. Like, or they, some people just like, Hey, coffee and sandwiches, what do you want? But you're definitely, you guys are definitely all about coffee conversation. Mm-hmm. I noticed that right away. So that said, you're able to still able to grow right now and, and, and create that growth and scale of the business. And I mm-hmm. would sense that there's uh, an element of your vision where you have to continue to focus on certain things and not do certain things. Can you talk about what your vision is and how, you know, how that plays into where you're headed? How do you, it sounds like you're alluding to more locations. So what is your vision for Viator? Yeah, I would say kind of our vision, our vision for coffee or for, for Viator at least is definitely, I'm going to literally just read this off of our employee handbook. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So at Viator, you know, we operate with the, the goal and the mission of using coffee as a catalyst to engage our community and change people's lives for the better, leaving them feeling happier after they've interacted with us than they were before. Our vision for accomplishing this is to create a culture of people who love coffee and others really well. We plan to have multiple stores, a roasting facility, mobile coffee bar network, and more within the next few years. And we're going to establish ourselves as the industry standard in service and job security through providing opportunities to engage in coffee education, media, design, community outreach, guest services, leadership, and professional development. So that's a vision of like, hey, we're going to do this one thing. We're going to make it all about coffee. We're going to have a culture where people love it or around it, have a future, feel like they have a stable job, can grow with it. What is, you have this name Viator. 
Where did it mm-hmm. come from and, and what does it mean to you? Does it have a formal definition or is it just you like the sound of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing I wanted to say too about, you know, the vision is, is really quick. It's more about like, honestly, it's more about um, the connections that we're making with our customers and, and, you know, it's, I, I you know, I want to serve the best coffee that we possibly can, but it's not to be the best coffee shop in the world. It's to, it's a better way to serve our guests more intentionally and, you know, putting the focus back on how are we serving our guests and not just, I don't want to necessarily be the best coffee shop, like I said, because that is kind of a fleeting, a fleeting thing that, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's, that's reinventing what coffee can or should be like. But if it's all, if our focus is on our guests, how we're serving them the best, you know, then, then we're always in the right place. Our, our focus is on the right thing. I love what you say there about, it's, it's interesting with the vision, to have that razor sharp focus on this, how you intentionally, like very present, serve your guests. And I noticed, so I've talked to a couple of people before this interview who've come down to the cafe just to see what their sense is. And there's definitely an appreciation for whoever's there, stop what they're doing when they're done making the coffee and present. It's like a presentation of the cup of coffee. I think the consensus is it's, it's definitely that. And I don't know that I would have articulated that, but having that as an intention is pretty powerful stuff. If you think about anyone can go get lots of different kinds of coffee brands and talk about, we have all these coffees and they can mm-hmm. put it in the, the same kind of cup. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't say your cups are exceptional. And I, I've seen coffee that's like, hey, other people have some pretty good coffee. Mm-hmm. But the gift of presence and having that intention of that, how I serve it, like I don't have that experience at Starbucks. Starbucks is definitely like, you for sure feel like a volume number. Mm-hmm. And at Dunkin' Donuts, it's all about how much can we pump out the door. They call it, you know, the mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts cash machine. So the idea, I think the intention of how you serve is to me, it's like, oh, it, there's going to be outstanding coffee. Mm-hmm. Wait, do you see how we serve it. Yeah. That feeling. Yeah. And that's what differentiates us from another, say there is another specialty coffee shop that, you know, also serves great coffee, but you know, their service is, is awful. Like, you know, we've all experienced those places that maybe the food is great, but the, <laughs> your server is, you know, cold and unresponsive and, forgets that you wanted a refill on your drink for 20 minutes. And then, you know, the services is the downside, but then there's the other places that, you know, maybe their service is amazing and they make you feel like family, but then their food isn't great. You know, it's, it's, you know, just something they kind of threw together and it's not like an experience where, you know, we want to do both to, to serve our guests really well and, you know, and serve them well, but also serving a great product at the same time. So um, no, a yeah. lot of in business tend to talk about they want a fancy strategy. They want something new. Sure. You've gone deeply, and I think this is a good lesson to anyone who's listening. That what's the part of the way you know your industry, the business that you're in, the product that you're creating is normally done, and how can you do the opposite of that? Be so intentional in an aspect of it that's sort of a given. Sort of might seem like a given. Like oh, we're going to serve it well. Well, I can call, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're also going to serve it well. Or I can say that we're going to create an exceptional, intentional way of serving our guests. 
Mm-hmm. It's a, a promise that you're making there. And I would imagine you have to train to that. So to make mm-hmm. that happen, is it, so are you thinking about that and training to that and talking about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, part of, uh, just our, our training program. It's, you know, I can teach anybody to make a great cup of coffee, but you know, it's, it's some of those, like, there's like the mission, the vision and the values that all kind of serve that mission. And so our values have to align with what we're trying, what we're going after as a business. But, you know, the values is how you just kind of, you live that out day to day, you know? And so we're, you know, we do have a strong, you know, emphasis on our values, you know, and just how that impacts the the customer experience, the employee experience and how we're engaging with people and, you know, all of that. So there's definitely values to back up what we're doing and, and that's, it's all trained to be teachable in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. I think of businesses in the minimal CEO brand and the process that I teach and the way that I talk to clients all about relationships. And I think you can bring everything towards that relationship, you know, cold leads, you're fighting to persuade, you're, you're, you're fighting to use influence tactics and strategies. And I think Mm -hmm. that if you can say, listen, I, I have something that I can help you with and I want to build a helping system and I'm going to put it in Mm -hmm. front of people and I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to see if it helps. And I teach, I teach and coach clients, like get massively productive at consistently helping and then see if it's helping and make it Mm -hmm. more helpful and then learn, use that feedback Mm -hmm. cycle to be fascinated with what are they worried about that, you know, again, back to the gold mines, what are people worried about that has nothing to do with me and how can I find a way to connect them to solve that? So it's, uh, I love the focus on relationship. And I think one thing that um, if, if I were to, as we're wrapping up here, if I were to give people an opportunity to learn something from you that you think every, every entrepreneur or business owner should remember, something that's important, something that would be a takeaway that you've learned that you want to pass along as you continue to scale and grow your business that they can go do, maybe learn from a mistake you've made or something to be sure not to do. What would be a, a gold nugget that you'd like to share? Mm, I think at least in this season of, of, of pandemic and just trying to like, just seeing what our, our next steps need to need to be, or, you know, whatever, I think a key to whether or not a business will succeed or not, uh, at least in this, this time is of course, just, you know, it's somewhat reliant on the resources available to this business, whether it's, you know, financially or logistically assets, you know, real estate, uh, limitations or whatever, but it's, it's also limited to our own creativity and ability and willingness to kind of pivot as a business uh, to where, and, you know, our industry may be moving towards, you know, while still ma- maintaining that the high quality standards or product standards that we have and without losing the why of what we're doing, you know, to quote Simon Sinek there, but, you know, so if, if our, our customers are staying home and not able to come into the coffee shop, like, how are we going to adjust what we're doing to bring things to them or, you know, meeting customers where they're at in a sense, you know, I'm also always just trying to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of, of what my industry is, is doing and how it's, it's always kind of changing and evolving at this point, you know, so always just trying to follow and pay attention to what other, other coffee shops are doing and other restaurants are doing. And if that's a, a viable option for me, to utilize as well, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to do that too. So I think just kind of staying uh, with your ear to the ground a little bit of like what, what else is going on in the, in the industry too. So 
primary research, talking to customers, really noticing their feedback and their challenges. So mm-hmm. top thing that you did, maybe top two things that you did during this pandemic that's been able to get your, your uh, coffee to people. What have you figured out? It sounds like you've, you've got two, a couple things that you've done to adapt. So real quick, what would those be before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, of course, in the like service industry, it's got to be, you know, if you're not doing online food or drinks or whatever, it's like you're missing a huge, a sleeping giant really of, of your, your uh, clientele. Um, but also, I mean, we have the, the ability to still do catering somewhat. So we're still able to kind of put a lot of our, our marketing focus on, on doing that where many people may not have that ability, but you know, whether it's, I mean, at least in my industry, it's like, maybe I, I start delivering uh, cases of, of cold brew for guests or, you know, whether it's, you know, we start doing monthly coffee subscriptions or right now with, with fall coming up, we're doing like seasonal pies. So we have a baker in house that makes everything from scratch and she's making a bunch of, of really awesome pies. So it's like, you know, being able to serve guests in a way that they weren't really expecting or saw coming, but, you know, it still gets people aware of what we're doing and we're constantly, you know, developing our menu to, to draw people into what we're doing and yeah, not losing sight of, of what we're doing while we're doing it. So that's awesome. Well, you keep forging ahead and it sounds like you're growing in the middle of a challenging time. Trying. <laughs> Everybody's, uh, I think everyone can take this, the parallels that you've shared. I think our listeners are going to be really, uh, really benefit from the insight. And uh, so good job. I like the coffee. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what we'll also do real quick is if someone wants to have the chance to either order some coffee from you or buy some of the products or uh, whether they're mm-hmm. local, or, we can put information down in the show notes, but what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? and to benefit from all the good stuff that you have at uh, Viator. Yeah. I mean, of course, like if you're in the area, you're in Illinois or, you know, Elgin, Chicago area, we'd love to, to meet you and, and serve you. Uh, just the opportunity to, to serve, you know, the guests of Minimalist uh, CEO podcast would be amazing. You know, we're, we're currently in the process of redesigning our, our website and that whole experience. But, you know, if you go to viatorcoffeecart.com, C-A-R-T.com. Uh, you can, you know, find some more info or if you have any questions, you know, or interested in having us come serve your team or your wedding or something like that, definitely reach out. Uh, info at viatorcoffeecart.com would probably be the best way to get, get a hold of us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Austin, thanks for, uh, for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Nate. This has uh, been a great time. Everyone, thanks for, for joining us for this episode of the Minimal CEO Podcast. And uh, it's been great to hear what Austin's been through and how he overcame it in the middle of a pandemic. He's got great food, great coffee, but mostly great service to his customers. And um, yeah, we'll be back real soon with another episode of the Minimal CEO Podcast. So uh, thanks again for joining us. And uh, until then.